the old pilot's plain tales, the fearless flying Columba Livia Domestica. I recently met some listeners, the lovely Vernon and Ruth, who were over from America to visit friends, and I took them to the delightful Bluebell pub in Emsworth on the south coast of England. Eyeing up the local beers, my attention was grabbed by the real ale pump clip, bearing a sign for the Emsworth Brewery Golden Gustav Ale, a light summer handcrafted real ale, 4.6% alcohol by volume. The pump clip depicted a brave, Dickin medal-winning member of the Royal Air Force doggedly battling through a cluster of fighter aircraft and dodging bullets whilst on a mission vital to the war effort. And so, by the most tenuous of links, I was drawn into the world of the RAF's Pigeon Service and the role that they played in helping us win the Second World War. Whilst we often hold the pigeon rather low in our affections, considering it a disease-carrying verminous creature only one step above the sewer rat, the ancient and venerable messenger pigeon's history goes back many centuries. A variety of the rock pigeon, Columba livia domestica, the homing pigeon is a domestic pigeon selectively bred to amplify the natural and innate homing ability of the species to find its way back to its nest. It's believed to use magnetoreception, a sense which allows the pigeon to detect the Earth's magnetic field, as well as the sun's position and a keen eye for landmarks, to find its way back home. It usually does so with unerring accuracy, and at a considerable rate of knots, being able to maintain an average flying speed that a 737 would be proud of, around 50 miles an hour. Their skills have been used by many in the past. Genghis Khan employed them. In 1167, a regular service flying between Baghdad and Syria was established by the Sultan Nur Eddin, and a message informing England of the outcome of the Battle of Waterloo was entrusted to a pigeon. By placing their food in one location and their home in another, it became possible to have a regular two-way journey, such as between Auckland in New Zealand and the Great Barrier Island, where a twice-daily airmail service was established in 1898. However, in most circumstances, the pigeon is taken away from its loft, sometimes hundreds of miles, a message inserted in a tiny metal tube and attached to the bird's leg, and, when released, it will return to its home, where the message can be recovered. As useful as it has been in ancient history, it was the more modern twist to this novel form of communication that intrigued me, since, in wartime, the RAF found a use for this intrepid traveller. Radio transmissions were something of a two-edged sword during wartime. They provided instant communication, but the position of the transmitter could be triangulated using direction-finding equipment. This wouldn't normally be a problem for a station in Britain or a fast-moving aircraft, but when the radio operator was on enemy soil or in a slow-moving ship, keeping your location secret was vital. 
Hence, downed Allied airmen who had parachuted out of their crippled bombers and were now bobbing around on the sea needed to have an alternative way to advertise their location that wouldn't bring an immediate response from an unwelcome rescue vessel sporting a large German swastika. So the word went out to the inhabitants of the British Isles for racing pigeon devotees to donate their prize birds to the war effort, and in February 1939 the National Pigeon Service Committee was formed. Membership was offered to pigeon fanciers who had a minimum of 20 birds in their lofts, which were trained as homing pigeons and met the standards laid down by the committee. By November, the RAF were taking delivery of the first of these vital birds who were to go on operations with their reconnaissance flights, bombers and coastal command aircraft. For each service flight that a pigeon made, four old pence was given to the owner, about 66p in modern money, something a little under a dollar, and they were granted a special allowance of corn and seed. Over 200,000 birds operated with the National Pigeon Service and the service was expanded to all military services and even military intelligence, the Secret Intelligence Service and the Special Operation Executive. Whilst one of the major factors for using homing pigeons was their ability to find their home loft from wherever they were released, their speed and range were also impressive. With an average speed of 50 miles an hour, it made it almost impossible for them to be shot down by ground troops, so the Germans turned to birds of prey to attack and stop the birds getting their messages delivered. Stop the pigeon, 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 stop the pigeon. In the UK, for the same reason, a program of culling birds of prey along the British coast was undertaken to aid the chances of the intrepid little messengers to get through. In addition, posters were placed around the country with the dire message. The Defence of the Realm Regulation 21A, Shooting Homing Pigeons. Killing, wounding or molesting homing pigeons is punishable under the Defence of the Realm Regulations by six months imprisonment or £100 fine. The public are reminded that homing pigeons are doing valuable work for the government and are requested to assist in the suppression of the shooting of these birds. A £5 reward will be paid by the National Homing Union for information leading to the conviction of any person shooting homing pigeons. The very first RAF pigeon to deliver a message from a downed aircraft on the continent was one with a royal pedigree. Royal Blue, who came from the Royal Pigeon Lofts and flew 120 miles in 4 hours and 10 minutes on the 10th of October 1940, successfully delivered his message with the crew's whereabouts after the aircraft he was on was forced to make a landing in occupied Holland. Many birds were dropped over occupied Europe in special parachute containers containing a pigeon, a questionnaire in Dutch, Flemish and French, a pencil and a small bag of feed. The hope was that important intelligence could be gathered from the beleaguered local inhabitants. 
However, the painful reality was that out of 16,554 birds dropped between 1941 and 1944, only one in ten made it home. Some were lost in planes shot down, others were handed in to the police, fell straight into the enemy hands, were eaten by hungry locals, or taken by hawks. But every now and then, a pigeon got into the hands of true patriots, willing to take the risk of sending a message back to Britain. One was known as Message 37 sent by the Dibali family, small band of patriots who called themselves Leopold Vindictive. This message was a thing of such lovingly detailed beauty, revealing the exact positions of German military installations that it was shown to Winston Churchill, who hailed it as symbolic of the spirit of resistance alive inside occupied Europe. The family knew of the birds' successful journey because, listening illegally to their radio set, they heard the BBC's coded message. This is the BBC. Leopold Vindictive. The key fits the lock and the bird is in the lion's cage. Of course, there was always the chance that spies in Britain might be using German birds to send messages back to the fatherland. So the Defence of the Realm Act also required that nobody could keep homing pigeons or carrier pigeons without a permit from the police. The Home Office instructed chief constables across the East Coast to visit all owners of pigeons and release the birds. If they flew in the direction of mainland Europe, their owners would be under suspicion. A note from Number 10 Downing Street, apparently written by Herbert Asquith, suggested employing Boy Scouts to watch where pigeons were coming from. The Home Office wanted pigeons found flying seaward in the early morning to be shot. However, despite all the pro- and anti-pigeon regulations, British pigeon fanciers from Ipswich to Plymouth, who gave up their pigeons for war use, were heroes, but the pigeons were the greatest heroes of all. Take 11-month-old Billy, for example, who, when his bomber crew crash-landed in France in 1942, delivered his message the next day in a state of collapse. He had flown through a gale-driven snowstorm back to the RAF station in Lincolnshire. And on the 23rd of February 1942, a badly damaged RAF bomber ditched into the North Sea. The crew were returning from a mission over Norway, but their Beaufort bomber had been hit by enemy fire and crashed into the sea more than a 100 miles from home. Struggling in freezing waters, unable to radio an accurate position back to base, the four men faced a cold and lonely death. But as the aircraft went down, the crew had managed to salvage their carrier pigeon. The blue-checkered hen bird called Winky was set free in the hope that it could fly home to its loft in Broughty Ferry near Dundee and so alert airbase colleagues of their predicament. Rescue was far from certain, but Winky did make it home after flying 120 miles and was discovered exhausted and covered in oil by owner George Ross, who immediately informed RF Lucas in Fife, who launched rescue missions, and the men were found. 
Winky became the toast of the airbase with a dinner held in her honour. I'm assuming that pigeon pie wasn't on the menu. And a year later, she became the first animal to receive the Dickin Medal, named after the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals founder, Maria Dickin, for delivering a message under exceptional difficulties. The Dickin Medal is the highest award that can be made to an animal for bravery, and many were awarded to the plucky pigeons of the Second World War. A female war pigeon bred in Scotland, White Vision, was also a recipient of the Dickin Medal for her bravery. On October the 11th, 1943, the crew members of one of the Catalina flying boats used by RAF Coastal Command to patrol sea routes for U-boats were stranded in dire weather conditions in the North Sea. All radio communications ceased to work, and when the plane crashed into the sea, White Vision was sent to deliver their location. Flying 60 miles against extremely strong winds, she was able to return to her loft and deliver the message. Due to her efforts, the search for the crew members resumed, and the flying boat was found. After spending 18 hours at sea, all 11 members of the crew were rescued successfully. The RAF weren't the only service to use pigeons. President Wilson was another pigeon that valiantly served with the US Army during World War I. He was with Tank Corps during his first deployment and was stationed in the forwardmost tanks to deliver the location of enemy machine gun nests. He was then transferred to an infantry unit and participated in the Meuse-Argonne Offensive of 1918. Released to request artillery support, Wilson flew through waves of German bullets to deliver his message. In the process, he lost his left leg and was shot through the breast. However, he survived his wounds and lived a quiet life until he died in 1929. A taxidermist then prepared the bird for display at the Smithsonian Institution, a common occurrence, it seems, for brave pigeons. On October the 18th, 1943, during the peak of World War II, Calvi Vecchia, a small German-occupied town in Italy, was about to be bombed. However, the Germans unexpectedly withdrew from the town and the British 56th Infantry Brigade moved in. With this unexpected turn of events, the citizens scrambled to deliver the good news to the British through radio communications. Unfortunately, these attempts failed to get the word through. An imminent bombing was looming and hundreds of lives of the people there were at stake. As a last resort, the messenger pigeon G.I. Joe was sent to deliver the message. Making a 20-mile trip in only 20 minutes, G.I. Joe safely informed the U.S. Air Command and managed to stop what would have been a tragic bombing. It's estimated that G.I. Joe saved up to 1,000 lives. G.I. Joe was another bird to receive the Dickin Medal for his exemplary service. In total, 32 birds were awarded the Dickin Medal, upon which is written, For gallantry, we also serve. The pigeons were given the best technology available to allow them to assist in the war effort. 
a special camera was constructed so that birds might become photo reconnaissance pigeons. They had sophisticated carriers to allow them to be taken by air, land and sea and even in tanks. Mobile lofts were invented so that they might travel with troops on the ground, but the best was undoubtedly the pigeon bra made for American troops, which made it easier for soldiers parachuted into foreign fields to carry birds on their person. But what of the brave Gustav, whose efforts prompted the delightful Golden Gustav Ale that I was lucky enough to quaff in the Bluebell Inn? Gustav was a grizzle-coloured cock pigeon trained by Frederick Jackson of Cosham, Hampshire. His early missions saw him carrying messages out of occupied Belgium for the resistance. On the 6th of June 1944, Gustav was on board an Allied landing ship, having become one of six pigeons given by the RAF to Reuters news correspondent Montague Taylor. Following the Normandy landings, Gustav was released by Taylor to send back to the UK the news. We are 20 miles or so off the beaches. First assault troops landed 0750. Signal says no interference from enemy gunfire on beach. Steaming steadily in formation. Lightnings, typhoons, fortresses. Crossing since 0545. No enemy aircraft seen. Carrying his message, Gustav travelled the 150 miles to his loft at Aria Thorny Island in 5 hours and 16 minutes, whilst facing a headwind of up to 30 miles an hour where his handler, Sergeant Harry Holsey, received him. Due to the fleet's radio silence at the time, Gustav's message was the first word of the invasion to reach British mainland. Sadly, Gustav died after the war in an accident, when someone cleaning his pigeon loft accidentally stepped on him. If you enjoyed Plain Tales, please pop over to iTunes and leave a review. Plain Tales is a featured segment of the Airline Pilot Guy Show podcast. Find us at airlinepilotguy.com.